At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we are here for the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network coming at you from Circa. And we've got three great hours ahead for you. We're going to be taking a look back at a college football Saturday in which, well, it didn't necessarily have as many games as we are typically used to, but certainly did have some very fascinating results. We now have things set for the World Series as well as it is going to be Astros and the Atlanta Braves. I think that coming into the season, a lot of people saw this coming. The way that we wound up getting here, probably not so much. So we're going to be taking a look at that once we hit midnight in the continental 48 states. So our number three, for those of you guys out there on the East Coast, that is two hours away. We are going to be doing a look at all things football because then when, it, when it's Sunday in the continental 48 states, it's a NFL Sunday for everyone. So Going to have some fun there, and then along the way, we're going to be taking a look at some player props. Going to be taking a little bit of a look at the NBA, what we've seen these first couple days of the season as well. So, got a jam-packed three hours that is going to be coming your way right now. And we start by taking a look at the game in Hawaii. We have a shirt in the VEASAN store that says, keep calm, there's a game in Hawaii. And, well, that is the case, and... If you want up taking the Rainbow Warriors in this one, so far so good. They are up 17-3. Very early goings of the second quarter. You're about two minutes into the third, or in the second quarter, I should say. You're about two minutes into the second quarter as it was a why you want closing as a sizable favorite. Open up right around 17.5 points. They close anywhere in the neighborhood of between 19 and 19.5. And, and 
Your high total, it winds up opening up at 60.5, closes anywhere between 63 and 64, and if I am to venture a guess, this game will not go to 9 overtimes like we wound up seeing in Illinois versus Penn State. We'll be getting into that in a second, but you take a look at this Hawaii team so far. They have had a little bit of a topsy-turvy season, and they're going up against a New Mexico State team that when you wind up seeing the ESPN bottom 10, they have been a mainstay there as Jonah Johnson has already thrown an interception, and well, things are not looking good for our good friends, the Aggies. Do not worry, fans of New Mexico State. There is basketball on the way, and I've got them projected as my number one team out there in the WAC. Because they're actually an independent when it comes to college football. I don't know how that necessarily works. And, oh boy, it looks like New Mexico State wound up going for it on fourth down and didn't get it. So, that just makes it all the more rosy there. But, you take a look at this one, and so far, so good for Hawaii, but... Got to take a look back at what we wound up seeing in college football on Saturday. And my goodness, I mean, how do you avoid what we wound up seeing in Happy Valley? For one, you wind up seeing a stunning upset as it's one of the biggest money line upsets that you're going to see this college football season with Illinois being able to go on the road and being able to knock off Penn State, a Penn State team which I think it's been exposed. The fact that their win over Wisconsin wasn't necessarily too great. Now, kudos to Wisconsin for being able to get a road win over Purdue. I am a native of the state of Wisconsin. That said, I want a fading Wisconsin, so my bankroll is not necessarily too happy about that. But take a look at this game. and You wind up having these teams wind up going for two-point conversions left and right at the end of it. And neither of these teams wind to punch the ball in in the two-point conversion. I guess you could call it shootout. I don't know what you want to call it. The reason why we wind up having these rules is because we had one of the greatest games in the history of college football between LSU and Texas A&M, and then the fun police said, you know what, this was too much fun. Now you get whatever the heck that was, and, well, you wound up getting Illinois being able to get the win by kind of 20-18. to 18. And, oh, by the way, if you wound up taking the money line here with Illinois, and if you were bold enough to take the money line with Illinois, my goodness, do I salute you because... That is the side in which I would have wanted absolutely no part of. Heck, I mean, the points, I think that that was probably a couple too many. But, man, you would have gotten in the high water mark that I'm finding at Circa. Plus 14.50 on the money line. To put that into perspective, when Oral Roberts wound up taking down Ohio State in the NCAA tournament, they were about plus 1,100 on the closing number. So, it was certainly a very seismic upset. A very sad way for... A game to end, to say the least. Hopefully, they wind up reviewing this sometime during the offseason because I don't know if we ever want to see another nine overtime game where both of these teams are going for two playing conversions and neither team is able to get them. But certainly was a very fascinating result. And the Big Ten in general is just looking like a little bit of a mismatch at this point. I do believe that Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten, and I don't necessarily think it's necessarily overly close between they and Michigan State, just because Michigan State doesn't necessarily have too much of an aerial attack, but you take a look at both of them, they were on break this week, so you wind up having the Wisconsin versus Purdue game be one of the more marquee ones, and for Purdue, after they wind up getting their big upset over a top five foe, being able to go on the road and knock off Iowa, now you gotta have some questions as to how much validity that wound up having, because a Wisconsin team that, I'll call it what it is, they have looked terrible this year, they go on the road, and they absolutely curb on Purdue by kind of 30 to 13. Graham Mertz winds up going, by the way, 5 of 8 in this game as he entered in this game with a 
Touchdown to interception ratio, that shall we say, is not good. Two touchdowns and seven interceptions. He left the game with two touchdowns and seven interceptions, but it was a ground game of the Wisconsin Badgers. Between Malusi along with Allen, you wound up having a combined 39 carries for 289 yards and three touchdowns. Meanwhile, for Purdue, not necessarily what you were looking for from Aiden O'Connell. He was relieved by Jack Plummer in this game. So, yeah, you just did not wind up having things go your way if you wound up being a backer of the Purdue Boilermakers like I was. Typically, there is a little bit something fishy when you wind up seeing a ranked home team wind up being not just an underdog, but north of a field goal underdog to a team has looked as bad as Wisconsin did. So clearly someone knew something there. I didn't want to buy into it because I had seen Wisconsin be a letdown case in point, the Notre Dame fighting Irish game, but they were able to get it done there. And for Ohio State, they pretty much should have been on by in this one. Michigan State, they were on by this week. Ohio State, they wound up having a game against Indiana, but it wasn't a game for long. They were up by kind of 44-7 to at the half. C.J. Stroud looked absolutely amazing, and it's something that I wound up touching upon on the show yesterday. The Heisman Trophy odds, because I think that C.J. Stroud certainly did a lot of good for him. 21 of 28, 266 yards, and four touchdowns in this one. He looked rock solid, and man, Indiana's looking like one of the biggest disappointments in all of college football thus far this season. We're going to be hitting on that a little bit later, but it has certainly not been necessarily what you've been wanting over there. And when you take a look at the odds to be able to win the Heisman Trophy right now, C.J. Stroud wound up entering into the day for around about an 8-ish to 1. He is now at plus 600, so the betting market has reflected that he wound up having a very big game. You wound up having Bryce Young open up right around a plus 180. He and Matt Corral were really neck and neck when I was doing the show yesterday. Matt Corral wound up entering the day at plus 200. And these are all via DraftKings, by the way. But now you take a look at it. And Kenny Pickett, a guy that I was telling you guys, I thought he had a little bit of value at 22 to 1 at this time 24 hours ago. He is now at 10 to 1. He wound up having a big game. And how about the demise of Clemson, ladies and gentlemen? It is not good what we're seeing out of them as Kenny Pickett. Well, he did not get picked, and he wound up being able to lead his team to a victory by kind of 27-17. to 17. I know that Sean King wound up coming out in the nightcap prior to the season, and he thought that Clemson could be a three-loss team. I don't even think that he thought that Clemson would wind up getting the three losses this quick. And for Pittsburgh, it's been a really good season for this team thus far. They wound up having a little bit of a letdown loss a few weeks ago, but take a look at what Pickett wound up doing against one of the top defenses out there at the FBS level. He winds up putting up a little bit north of 300 yards, two touchdowns, certainly not a guy that's going to go out there and he's going to run for a whole heck of a lot, but he did just enough to be able to get it done. And then I mentioned it when it comes to the Heisman Trophy odds, the favorite, that'd be Mr. Young over there with Alabama, and he did nothing to hurt those odds. How about a nice 31 of 43, 371 yards and two touchdowns, Alabama, it looked like it was going to be unable to cover. I want to blame the points with this one. I thought that this one was looking pretty murky, to say the least, in the fourth quarter. But then Alabama, between like minute marker 10 through 5 in the fourth quarter, wind up reeling off three touchdowns. They really took it to a Tennessee squad that they're able to put up points in the hurry. We saw that when they wound up putting up north of 60 against Missouri earlier in the year. But this is a team that, well, they give it up quite a bit as well. You wound up seeing Brian Robinson Jr. rush for not one, not two, but three touchdowns. Mr. Young was able to have a pair of touchdowns on the ground as well. So all in all, a good day for Alabama. And this is a total in which 
If you wound up having the under, I really do feel bad for you because it's one that going into the fourth quarter, you thought that this one was in the bank and earning interest, and, well, it was anything but that as the closing total of 68 winds up being not enough as Alabama is able to reel off those late touchdowns. And then when you took a look at the other man that is towards the top of the Eisman Trophy odds, Matt Corral's odds wind up dropping. There were a lot of uh, there were a lot of questions as to whether or not he was even going to be able to play in this game. He played, but you could tell that he wasn't necessarily 100%. He does wind up being able to get a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. And most importantly, he did not make the bad play, which is why the Ole Miss was able to get the cover in this one. 31-17 is the final end. You wound up taking the north of 70 total over. Well, this one did not wind up coming even close. This was one that closed right in the neighborhood, about a 66, 66 and a half. Winds up being a very easy under. And we're just seeing that in college football in general. A lot of games wind up going under. You just take a look at it. Going into the day, 54.1% of college football games have been going under the total. That is now up to more like 54.5% as you had another under day in college football. I think that it's very important to note what has all been happening there as you just take a look at this college football Saturday with one other game left to play that is out there in the great state of Hawaii. 25 under 17 over. So it certainly has been a little bit of a theme of the college football season. I'm going to be getting into college football a little bit more later on this hour. But coming up next, we do have a World Series that is all set. It is going to be Astros and Braves. We're going to be taking a look at the series price. And we're going to be taking a look at how in the world the Atlanta Braves, who are sub-500 going into the month of August, wound up getting here as well. That's on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. And it's now available 24-7 on YouTube TV Sports Package Plus. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to be able to start your free trial. And remember, you can always watch us 24-7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. So visit vsin.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to vSIN as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on the Sports Betting Network. And I'm seeing this pop up on my screen right now. Shout out to the Seattle Kraken who wound up having their first ever home game. It is good to just have more availability when it comes to sports, when it comes to sports betting. I know that there might be a few of you guys out out there listening in the Pacific Northwest. And, well, we know what that city has went through with not having the Seattle Supersonics. They do wind up taking the loss by a kind of 4-2, but just good to see hockey in the City of Seattle. Good to see hockey more in the Midwest as well. I know that the Vegas Golden Knights have been very well received out here. And, well, when it comes to just sports in general out there in the city of Seattle, I don't necessarily think that the Kraken are going to be able to do what the Vegas Golden Knights were able to do because, well, I don't think that any team is ever going to wind up doing that again, at the very least, for a very, very long time. But you take a look at the teams out there in Seattle for the upcoming college basketball season. Probably don't want to be betting too much on Washington, but the Seattle Redhawks out there in the whack. They've got a pair of scorers that were able to give you north of 17 points per game, headlined by Riley Grigsby. He's going to be good for you guys. So you've got a little bit of promise there. And you've got a little bit of promise if you want to take the points with New Mexico State. They were down by a kind of 24 to 3, but they have now punched it into the end zone. And if you want to take this total over right now, you are in very good shape. New Mexico State winds up notching a touchdown and an extra point. It is now 24 to 10. Got about five minutes left in the second quarter, and if you're looking to jump in on this one live, you are certainly seeing some big, giant, gutty numbers at this point. As at last check, I was seeing Hawaii as about an 18-point favorite. We have yet to see a real refresh on the total, but I've got to think that this is going to be a live total that is going to be well north of 70 with what we have seen thus far. So you've got Hawaii and New Mexico State going down, and always keep in mind, there's... Always a lot of fun to be had out there in the great state of Hawaii when it comes to college football and college basketball weekends. So you've always got those games going on, and you've always got a lot of fun when it comes to the MLB season as well. As now, we've got the October Classic set. It is going to be the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros, as it was the Atlanta Braves being able to take down the L.A. Dodgers by a count of 4-2. If you wind up taking the Atlanta Braves with the plus price, you were able to get there, and... 
There are some of you guys that unfortunately might have had a voided ticket because with the LA Dodgers, they were looking like they were going to be starting Max Scherzer. He wound up getting scratched pretty much right when I was coming on this show yesterday. They wind up going with Walker Buehler on short rest and... The reason why we are not seeing the LA Dodgers in the World Series is because Dave Roberts just completely mishandled his pitching, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the fact that you wound up having to pitch Walker Buehler on short rest pretty much twice within a two-week span. On top of that, you wound up bringing in Julio Arias out of the bullpen in Game 2 and then wound up having him start in Game 4 where he clearly wasn't 100% in either of those times. Max Scherzer, who I mentioned Wadu King's trash, that's because he had dead arm because he had to close out of game five. It's one of those things where I always hate the cliche, but it's so true. You dance with the girl that brought you there. If you've got a bunch of very good bullpen pieces and the Dodgers are in the regular season, they were number two in the league with regards to bullpen ERA. Some of these guys aren't necessarily bullpen or aren't necessarily household names. Alex Vasilla, Phil Bickford, Justin Brule, guys like that, but they got the job done time and time again. Why do you wind up going with a starter when what you had was very good? We notice this a lot when it comes to postseason baseball. A lot of these managers, they get outside themselves. They wind up making moves that they wouldn't make otherwise. And it's one thing to have a little bit more of a quick hook on a starter because these games mean a little bit more than game number 137 on a Thursday getaway game, which you're playing in front of 15 people along with Perhaps like a school that wanted making their field trip for the day, the local ball game. But, I mean, you've just got to try to maintain at least some sort of an assemblance of what you had been doing throughout the season. Dave Roberts did not wind up doing that. Now, obviously, you've had quite a few injuries for the LA Dodgers as well. Clayton Kershaw was certainly one of them. The whole Trevor Bauer calamity that's not necessarily too terrific. Dustin May winds up going down at the beginning of the year, but at the trade deadline as well. This is a team that... They wound up investing in a pair of guys that they didn't wind up taking the field for them. Danny Duffy, the Duffman, did not deliver a single start for them. And and you also wound up having Cole Hamels not be able to give the team anything as well. So I have some question marks with that. And when you just take a look at the Atlanta Braves in general, we're going to be getting into a little bit more of their series with the Houston Astros on the other side. You take a look at this bunch, and it is the prime example of why teams should not be tanking and why teams should be going for it. Do you know the first time that the Atlanta Braves were above 500 this baseball season? Game number 111. They had been 500 or lower until very early August. I think that the first day that they wound up being above 500 was that Friday, August 6th game against the Washington Nationals. Might have been a day sooner or later, but they were not above 500 for a single day this year until very early August. They wound up having Ronald Acuna go down with an injury. They themselves wound up having an off-field mess with everything that wound up going on with Marcel Ozuna. He's out for the year. You've got just a lot going on in general when it comes to that. But what the Atlanta Braves, Mr. Anthopolis, the company wound up doing at the trade deadline to be able to acquire pieces was, in my opinion, just absolutely masterful. And we've seen the fruits of that labor as well because Jock Peterson he was a big reason why the team was able to win that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. It has all of a sudden become Jocktober out there in the great state of Georgia. You wound up seeing Eddie Rosario have the big three-run home run. That wound up giving the Atlanta Braves the win in this series as well. He winds up having a three-run shot off of Walker Beeler in a big spot. If he doesn't wind up coming up with that hit, who knows what we wind up seeing. He wound up hitting, by the way, above 500 in the series. He was that good. 
you wound up having a couple other acquisitions as well. Richard Rodriguez for the bullpen. He has been dealing with injuries and has been off the recent rosters of the postseason, but he certainly delivered some good innings as well. And you can't underestimate just utilizing good bullpen pieces as well because with the Atlanta Braves, they've done a good job out of all these teams in the postseason of keeping things as normal as possible. Ian Anderson was maybe pulled a little bit sooner in this game six than he typically would have been. He winds up only going four innings for the Atlanta Braves, but I still recall the time in which you wound up having Charlie Morton on the mound against the LA Dodgers. You wound up having Morton in a spot in which you could have pinch hit for him. The bases were loaded. I think that it was in the top of the third inning. I know that our good friend Craig Council, I'm a native of the state of Wisconsin, so I'll bring him up. He wound up doing that with Freddie Peralta, who was at 57 pitches at the time. He winds up pulling him. He brings in a guy in Adrian Don't Call Me Duke Elzer, who winds up giving up three runs a following inning as he had a whole lot more bullets in the tank for Freddie Peralta, who had yet to give up a run. That winds up costing them. And Brian Sicker has just done a good job of being able to keep things just the way that they normally would be in the regular season, and I think that that's a big credit to him. You've also got to credit just a bullpen that's able to do their job as well, because I mentioned the Dodgers bullpen. They were number two in the regular season when it comes to ERA, and they certainly wound up having some very solid pieces in this one, so I'm just not sure why you wound up having Dave Roberts make the, make the moves that he did. Now, no question, I do think that the Justin Turner injury wound up hurting this team as well, but even though we wind up seeing all these bullpens do some very good work, what you wound up seeing in the Championship League Series between the American League and the National League is that you wound up seeing three total unders in 12 games. You wound up having both of these series go six games in the Astros versus the Red Sox series. The lone game that wound up going under was game six in which Luis Garcia was just pinching with a whole bunch of adrenaline. He looked absolutely incredible. And then here in the Braves versus Dodgers series, you wound up seeing the first game wind up going under, and you wound up seeing the last one as well. You just can't help but think what could have been when it came to the LA Dodgers if Max Scherzer doesn't wind up coming out of the bullpen, if he doesn't wind up getting that arm. But certainly that is just a big, giant guessing game there. And then when you take a look at the Atlanta Braves projecting forward to the Houston Astros, we're going to be doing that on the other side. But from what I was seeing at DraftKings, you wound up seeing the Houston Astros open up there as a minus 160 favorite. With a lot of these series prices that we're seeing out here in Las Vegas, I'm seeing a lot more minus 140 right now on the series series price. You're seeing the Atlanta Braves with anywhere between a plus 115 to a plus 130 price on them. So I do think that it's really fascinating. And you do always want to be taking a look at not necessarily as much the wins and losses, but rather the units won because I think that that's so important when it comes to baseball handicapping because so many people, they always want to ask, oh, how many bets did you win? That's not necessarily the important part because if you wind up going, say, two and three, but you wind up taking a bunch of plus 200 underdogs, you're going to be doing really well. Meanwhile, you take a look at the LA Dodgers, a team that overall between the regular season and the postseason, if you wind up betting them for every single game and they were 50 games above 500, you would have had a net loss of about $400, depending on your closing numbers, for this season. That is why you've got to be taking a look at units won versus units lost. Play the long game when it comes to baseball, rather than just being like, oh, well, we're 50 games above 500, but you're laying north of $2 on a lot of these. It's not necessarily going to be going well for you long term, but what is going to be going well for us is taking a look at this World Series that we're going to be getting between the Astros and the Atlanta Braves. 
is going to be a fascinating one. We're going to break it down next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Start drafting good in the neighborhood with Applebee's Fantasy Football Throwdown. Play free in a pro football contest and feast on the competition to win your shot at a share of $5,000 in prices. Head to DraftKings.com slash Applebee's now to get in on the action. Applebee's eating good in the neighborhood. Terms and conditions apply and other eligibility restrictions may apply as well. See DraftKings.com for details as we're back here in lovely Las Vegas. It is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And was talking about it a little bit on the other side, the fact that we do now have the World Series set between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros, as I was mentioning a little bit earlier, we have seen a little bit of initial series price winding coming out. In a lot of places out here in Las Vegas, we're seeing the Astros as between about a minus 135 to a minus 140 favorite on the series price. If you're looking at the Braves, going to be able to get as good as a plus 130, as bad as a plus 115. You always want to be shopping around on these numbers, especially when it comes to the futures market, series prices, what have you. You're typically going to find a little bit more variance than on a game-by-game perspective. So whenever you do future shopping, whether it be for the World Series, the College Basketball National Championship, the the Super Bowl, list goes on and on. You always just want to be taking a look at a diff, uh, at a couple different other books. Always trying to be able to get those best numbers because the difference between twenty to one and twenty-five to one, if you wind up putting down twenty bucks, well, you could be getting a very much more nice meal and. You could be eating a little bit more Applebee's, so you always want to be doing that. But I take a look at this series, and as much as I would love to be able to take a plus price with the Atlanta Braves, I really cannot. I'm someone that I personally wind up going game by game, but if I'm taking a look at the series, I just give the edge to the Houston Astros just because with the Astros, you take a look at this absolutely absurd stat. This offense is in fuego, ladies and gentlemen. In 12 out of their 13 games here in the month of October, they scored at least five runs in all but one of them. It is absolutely ridiculous what we are seeing from this Astros team. And take a look at the way that they were able to shut down the Boston Red Sox as well in the back half of the series. I was very impressed by them giving up two, one, and then zero runs in the final three games of those series. Now, you take a look at the Astros pitching, and you certainly do have some question marks. You want to be taking a look at Lance McCullers Jr. Is he going to be able to pitch at all in this series? And if he does, to what extent? But I really do feel like there were a couple of questions answered with Luis Garcia, what he was able to do in Game 6, being able to go 5 and a third inning scoreless. He, by the way, wound up having his best velocity of the season. He had, in the first five innings of that game, 21 pitches that were 96 miles per hour or above. Prior to that, For the entirety of the season, he had just 17 such pitches. So you do want to take a look at that when you take a look at this Houston Astros team. And when it comes to the bullpen, if there is one place in which I do feel like the Atlanta Braves might have the Astros outgunned a little bit, it is a bullpen. You do wind up having Kendall Graveman come in at the trade deadline for the Houston Astros. So it wasn't just the Atlanta Braves that wound up doing a very solid job of being able to fortify their lineup at the break. The Astros wound up picking up a couple pieces for that bullpen. They did a solid job being able to have that pickup. Ryan Presley is very nice, but... Take a look at what Tyler Madzik 
was able to do in game six. And I think that he's going to be the best bullpen piece in this entire series. He winds up inheriting two runners in the seventh inning. The Dodgers had already scraped one across. It was a big pressure situation. And he winds up striking out all three guys he faces, including a pair of former MVPs in Albert Pools, along with Mookie Betts. Just nothing short of amazing. And what else is nothing short of amazing? The two-star hitters that we have coming into the series as well. You've got one on each side that have been nothing short of magnificent. The Championship League Series record for the most amount of hits, whether that be American League or National League, that'd be 14. That was matched by Eddie Rosario, but... The difference in what Rosario had done compared to everyone else, all other players that had reached that plateau, they had done so in seven games. Eddie Rosario did it in six. He wound up having the impactful hit Saturday night that wound up sending the Atlanta Braves to the World Series. He has been one of the biggest trade deadline acquisitions we have seen in quite some time. I still remember the impact that Carlos Beltran wound up having on the Houston Astros. It's that level of impact, and I don't know if a lot of people would have thought that way about Eddie Rosario because, no question, Eddie Rosario, very solid player, had some nice years out there while he was playing out there in the American League Central, but certainly I don't think that anyone saw this sort of interruption wind up happening. And then on the other side, Jordan Alvarez in that series against the Boston Red Sox, he had 12 himself. If he would have wound up having a seventh game, who knows, perhaps he would have gotten to 14-plus hits. He has been doing an absolutely amazing job for this Astros team, but you just take a look at the firepower that the Houston Astros have. I do think that it's going to be a little bit too great between the regular season and the postseason. This is a team that is averaging 5.4 runs per game. That is the most out there in the baseball. Now, you take a look at the flip side for the Atlanta Braves. They did wind up leading the National League in terms of home runs per game, and they did a good job of being able to pick up Adam Duvall, someone that during the regular season had north of 30 home runs. They got a lot of guys that during the regular season wound up having 30-plus home runs. You've got Duvall. Austin Riley, who wound up having a couple nice hits in that series against the Dodgers, despite the fact that he had some struggles. He was able to come up big. You wound up having Freddie Freeman get a couple home runs in that series as well. And then he also throwing their Ozzy Albies as well, who I think is a little bit sinky. But on the other end, for the Houston Astros, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Kyle Tucker, along with the man that I mentioned a little bit earlier, Jordan Alvarez, all of these guys wound up hitting for at least 26 home runs with a batting average greater than 270 during the regular season. And really, none of these guys have slowed down here in the postseason. It has been absolutely amazing to see what we've been able to get out of them. Now, if you're looking for something with the Atlanta Braves, and I do think that this is something that's very important, I do think from a game-by-game perspective, there could be some value here. Because when it comes to Charlie Morton, a former Houston Astro who... He knows about winning Game 7s in Houston and just with the Astros involved in the series in general. He's someone that I think could really lend a lot of value. You've got to think that he's going to be pitching in Game 1. If it hasn't been announced yet because I have yet to check my social media feed on this one as to who's going to be going in Game 1, you got to think that it's going to be Charlie Martin because he was lined up to pitch a Game 7 for the Atlanta Braves, so no question. I think that he's going to be going in Game 1 on the road, but... When you wind up getting on the Houston Astros side of things, I think it's going to be very fascinating. And if you wind up getting a plus price with Mr. Morton and company, I think that is probably going to be worth a take because with Charlie Morton, if you take a look at his home and road splits, he's got about a half a point lower on his ERA on the road than he does at home. You take a look at the way that he's been able to limit contact in general on the road. This is a man that in Charlie Morton has given up less than a home run per, or less than a half a home run per nine innings on the road, and it's more like 1.2 whenever he's been in Atlanta. So he has been very comfortable whenever he's been on the road. I think that that's a big part of this series as well. I've been preaching it a lot 
throughout this entirety of the postseason. There are some guys that they just perform a little bit better in their friendly confines rather than on the road. And then you've got other weird anomalies in which you've got guys that do a better job on the road. You take a look at Lance McCullers Jr. We are awaiting what we're going to be able to get out of him in this series, if anything at all, for the Houston Astros. He's actually had an ERA that's been a full half a point better on the road than at home as well. Meanwhile, Luis Garcia, the man that wound up coming up with a very big start for the Houston Astros in Game 6. Throughout the season, you can tell that he has not been very comfortable on the road. His road ERA during the regular season, and this is even worse here in the postseason, right around 425 at home, it was more like a 239. You saw him completely wheel and deal in Game 6. Meanwhile, when he wound up having to make the start in Chicago earlier this postseason, he just was on himself. So I think that that is something that you do want to be taking a look at. Righty-lefty splits are going to be a little bit of something, but I don't think that they're as demonstrative in this series because you look at both of these lineups, and right now both of these lineups can hit righties, they can hit lefties, they can hit a pitching machine, they can hit on planet Pluto. I mean, these teams are just absolutely magnificent, and the Houston Astros especially. What I think is very important to note with the Houston Astros, they are the only team in all of Major League Baseball that during the season, they struck out on fewer than 20% of their at-bats. You hear about the three true outcomes, a strikeout, a walk, and a home run, and the Astros, they've done a good job of showing that not striking out still matters in this day and age of Major League Baseball. And just give a little bit of a general managing advantage to the Houston Astros as well. We've seen Dusty Baker just pull out all the stops. He wound up getting a big, giant nothing burger in the first five games of that series from his starters against the Boston Red Sox, and yet he was still able to cobble things together. He didn't do anything outlandish like, oh, I don't know, throw Julio Rios in game two. I'm looking at you, Dave Roberts. What the heck were you doing? But you take a look at Dusty Baker. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort, just take a look at what he's got available to him, try to utilize the best option, realize that the games are seven games. The series was seven games long, wrong rather than trying to win game three just very unnecessarily or something like that he did a very good job of just sort of knowing this and he just gets humans in general as well because you've got all the analytics in baseball and i think that the analytics are very important but you also have to take a look at a little bit of the human side of things as well i feel like dusty baker has done that and a big knock on Dusty Baker in past years has been his bullpen usage i feel like it has been pretty darn rock solid here in the postseason so I do give a little bit of an edge there. I do think that you're going to be seeing the Houston Astros as your World Series champion, but I certainly do think that there's going to be a lot of value on both of these teams from a game-by-game perspective. I certainly don't think that we're going to be seeing any sort of a sweep, and I don't know if we're going to be seeing any team wind up going undefeated in college football this year. It's been a little bit of a crazy one, and we wind up having a great day of college football on Saturday. So we're going to be taking a look back at that, and I'm going to be giving you guys my reaction to all things college football next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NBA season might have tipped off, but there is still time to grab your copy of the VSIN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. It has strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including Mr. Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategies and advice, as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe as we're back here in Moby Las Vegas. It is the Greg Peterson experience right here on vsin and we're going to be getting into the NBA a little bit more in the second hour, obviously. We've seen all these teams get in a couple games under their belt now, so I'll tell you guys what, I've had a little bit of a takeaway there, and we always see it in all sports. It doesn't matter if it's the NFL, if it's college basketball, the NBA. Heck, we could dive into something completely absurd, and there's always going to be a little bit of an overreaction. Player X is the greatest slash the worst thing ever. Oh, no, we're 0-2. Everything should be ripped down. You could be like my mom when Josh Lindblom wound up giving up a home run in a monotonous regular season game 
saying that he should be pulled after one batter, even though you have a three-batter minimum now in Major League Baseball. True story. I want him tweeting it out there. I know that many of you guys might recall that are probably having a really good chuckle right now, but it's what we wind up seeing in sports in general. So I'll try to keep things a little bit more even keel there, try to give you a little bit more of a shall we say, smart approach there, but you take a look at one game that we've got going on right now because for the most part, we didn't have a lot of late action in college football, but we've got one game out there in Hawaii, and we have reached a half as it is 24-13. to Hawaii's in the lead. We've seen New Mexico State roar back a little bit as they were down by a count of 24-3, and that's significant because this is a game that wound up opening up with Hawaii being about a 17.5-point favorite. They closed in a lot of spots anywhere between 19 and 19.5, and and if you're taking a look at a second half line, since you're able to dive in on this, this has been posted in a lot of books just recently. You're finding Hawaii anywhere between a 7 and a 7.5 point favorite for the second half. And what that means is that because they're up 14 points right now, you pretty much just add it. Hawaii pretty much needs to win this game by 18 to 18 and a half points, depending on your number. And we're seeing the second half total anywhere between a 28 and a 28 and a half. This is a game in which you wind up seeing the you wind up seeing things close with regards to the total more around about a 63 in a lot of spots. You wind up seeing a couple straight 64s, and right now your in-game total. If you wind up taking that second half line, it is more around a 65 and a half. So you do have a little bit of that going on. So it's a little bit above what we wound up seeing on the pre-flop total, but right now we haven't seen necessarily too much that has been unexpected. So we're going to be keeping our eyes on that. Also just keeping my eyes on what we've seen in college football in general. In the first segment, I wound up giving you some of the teams that wound up having some of the gentlemen that are out there for the Heisman Trophy race. Obviously, Matt Corral and Bryce Young are the two short shots at this point, but certainly Mr. Pickett over there with Pittsburgh, he was able to do a very nice job, and that's actually really funny. Pick it at Pittsburgh. I do like that. But you take a look at some of the other things that we wound up seeing in college football on Saturday. And I've been noting home underdogs and how they've been doing thus far. And they had a pretty so-so day. They wind up going 9-8-1 and one against the spread. So you wind up having a little bit of a better one for, for some of the favorites. But still by and large home underdogs. Covering right around 53% of games so far this year. So if you've just been blindly taking home underdogs, and I don't necessarily advise ever taking anything blindly, you'd be up a very, very small ham sandwich worth of numbers if we're using the quote of Jimmy Vaccaro. But I thought it was really interesting to see what we wound up seeing in Lawrence, Kansas. Typically, when I mention Lawrence, Kansas, and interesting, it typically is either involving college basketball or Kansas losing by north of a 50-burger, but that did not wind up happening in this one as Kansas, who wound up coming in a just absolutely massive underdog. They were able to hang within the spread. They were up by kind of 10-0 to zero at the half. Oklahoma from there, they were able to find their offense. Caleb Williams was able to be pretty efficient after he wound up having an early interception. He was able to give the team a pair of touchdowns through the air, one on the ground, and Oklahoma was able to roll their way to a 35-23 to 23 win. Nowhere near covering the 38.5 point spread, but I think that's going to be just something that you want to watch in general with Oklahoma. The fact that Spencer Radler winds up getting benched, and if Williams looks the way that he did in the second half, Oklahoma is going to be just fine. If you wind up getting the first half of Williams, then I think that there might be a little bit more of a brouhaha, maybe a little bit more of controversy. So that is something that I'm certainly going to be locked in on. And though Oklahoma is undefeated to this point, they certainly have been. 
shall we say, a little bit wobbly. We wound up seeing it at the beginning of the year, that Tulane game in which it was supposed to be played in the city or in the state of Louisiana, and then it wound up getting moved. That wasn't necessarily the best look for them. They wind up winning a three-point game against West Virginia. They had some problems with a Nebraska team that, let's face it, Nebraska is just not good right now. They wind up having to have a massive comeback against Texas. And for those of you guys like me that wound up having Oklahoma in that game, that was a very, very fortunate cash that you wound up getting. I'm still getting my lucky stars over that one, but got to be taking a look at that moving forward because Oklahoma is a team in which they put themselves in very good positioning to be able to make the college football playoff if they are able to continue to take care of their business. Whether or not they're going to be able to take care of their business, that is a very good question because they've got in their next four games a Texas Tech team that has shown some signs of peskiness. They didn't necessarily do that today, but you've got them. You've got a road game against number 20, Baylor. Baylor is certainly not the world's greatest program, but I actually do like what Dave Aranda is building over there. You've got Iowa State, a team which was in the top 10 earlier this year, and then you've got the game at Oklahoma State, which could be an absolute barn burner. You've got an Oklahoma State team that they've only suffered one loss as well, but if Oklahoma State winds it going down, or if Oklahoma winds it going down in any of those four games, certainly it may not bode well for them, and then you just wind up having a big giant what in the world is going on here when it comes to college football playoff. And you could have had even more chaos if the Pac-12 would not have obliged and had Oregon be able to get the W as they wind up taking down UCLA by kind of 34-31. to 31. And what was a relative pick'em game here? You wound up seeing Oregon as a very, very slight favorite in some spots, in a lot of spots. You wound up seeing more like a UCLA closing right in the neighborhood of one-ish. So this is about as close to a pick'em game as you're going to be able to get in college football. And it was, in the end, Oregon who was able to get the job done. And this is a game which just barely went over that closing total of 62.5. And when you take a look at this Oregon team, they have by far the best win on the resume of any team out there in the Pac-12 going on the road and being able to knock off Ohio State. And I'm still going to put it to you this way. It's one of the best non-conference wins that we've seen for any of these teams in all of college football, because the win that Georgia wound up having against Clemson, well, that has diminished a whole heck of a lot because DJU and I don't even know how to pronounce a guy who wound up relieving him earlier in the game against Pittsburgh. We're not even going to try to pronounce that one. Well, the offense has not been able to get things online, and Clemson is turning out to be a little bit of a stink burger of a team so far this year, so that has not necessarily been so great, but I take a look at this Oregon bunch, and I do feel like now they control their own destiny. We've seen a lot of landmines pop up for a lot of other teams that are looking to claw their way into the college football playoff. They obviously have the advantage, unlike a team like a Notre Dame or any other independent, of being able to have a championship game in their conference as well. And you take a look at Anthony Brown. This is the biggest thing with Oregon. Is he going to be able to be a little bit more efficient? Wound up having zero touchdowns and two interceptions, and Travis Tye wound up coming up very big for the team. Not often that you wind up seeing a stat line of 2.5 yards per carry, 14 carries, 35 yards, and 4 touchdowns. But that's what you wind up having there. This is an Oregon bunch. Of, they certainly have been looking to pound it a little bit more on the ground. And for Brown, he was able to bust off a nice 43-yard run in this one as well. That wound up being very key for Oregon and the Ducks. Not typically known for their defense. They've been able to do a relatively solid job on that side of the ball as well. But... And take a look at the rest of the teams in the back 12 trying to bolster them. And you don't necessarily have too many. You've got Arizona State who did not wind up partaking this week. They wound up having a little bit of a buy-in. You take a look at some of the other teams. Stanford has been a big, giant mystery. And 
the calamity that is USC just continues. They wind up firing Clay Alton after their second game of the season. They wind up going to the great Midwest facing off against Notre Dame. And, well, they did not necessarily put up a lot of a fight. They were able to give 13 points on the board in the fourth quarter. But by and large, this was a pretty good buck kicking by Notre Dame by a count of 31 to 16. And you take a look at this USC team and they just are a completely lost team. At this point, the only question that you could have with USC is who's going to be the new coach? Is it going to be James Franklin? Are we going to see perhaps Urban Meyer? Because he clearly does not care about coaching in the NFL right now. We're going to get into the NFL in a little bit over an hour. Mr. Urban Meyer and his team is not going to be receiving my money anytime soon. Good news is we don't have to worry about that this week with the Jacksonville Jaguars being on by, but they're still going to be on the fade list even though they got a nice win across the pond a week ago. But you just take a look at this USC team. It's just really sad, the state of affairs for them. Caden Slovis, no touchdowns, so one interception. So that was very arid, and that was not necessarily so great. What is great, though, is the fact that we've got the NBA back into our lives. It wound up starting up a few days ago. We wound up seeing some nice games on Saturday. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on what we've seen on the hardwood the first couple days of the season. We're going to be doing a little bit of looking at what is slash is not an overreaction right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.